Hey, it's Craig. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Canadian History X early and ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greetings and welcome to another episode of Canadian History X. If you like, you can support the podcast for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. You can also donate directly to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking donate. I do all this podcasting full time. This podcast from John to Justin and Pox and Cups. And it's a lot of work, but every dollar you give helps keep it all going. And I truly do appreciate it, and I'll thank you on the air and throughout my social media. If you like, you can email me at craig at CanadaEHX.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D, and I'm on Instagram at Bairdo37. As well, I've been making some administrative changes to the podcast on the back end. The reason I'm doing this is because it was set to only show the past 100 episodes of the podcast. And with me at over 500 episodes, that meant 400 episodes weren't being seen unless you went to my website. So right now, I'm making sure that I'm changing the settings to allow those older episodes to appear in the podcast feed. Now on that note, if for whatever reason you're getting a bunch of downloads of past episodes, please let me know because I don't want to be inundating anybody with, you know, 25 episodes at a time that are suddenly showing up. Uh, Just let me know that these are starting to show up suddenly and you're getting a bunch of notifications that, oh, there's all these podcast episodes suddenly downloading and taking up space because I don't want to do that. So please do let me know. Sweating often doesn't feel great. We don't just sweat in our underarms. As Canadians, we have hot summers that make us sweat, but that doesn't stop in the winter. Then, we're walking through stores, malls, and other places with our big winter jackets and sometimes snow pants, and we sweat even more. That is why a company like Hickey is so appealing to me. This company has built a line of vegan, cruelty-free products that reflect the daily needs of real bodies in motion and not just our underarms. As a vegetarian and sometimes vegan, having a company that aligns with my choices is very important to me. Hickey provides many types of products including body kits, tea tree mint starter kits, travel size kits, body powder, body wipes, and deodorants for all parts of the human body. The company also looks to give back by partnering with Sad Girls Club and Sad Boys Club, two organizations that were founded to foster a community in the mental health world among millennials and Generation Z. As the company says, sweat happens and that's fine. Hickey is here to help make it be a bit more comfortable. Visit hickey.com to learn more or click the link in my show notes. Before Sylvan Lake was the resort community it is today, it was an open prairie that was inhabited by the Stony, Cree, and Blackfoot people. 
The lake was an important place for the indigenous thanks to the ample game, fresh water, and fishing opportunities. In 1877, the land that Sylvan Lake sits on would be part of the land signed over to the government under Treaty 6. It's not unusual for communities to go through name changes, but few places go through as many as Sylvan Lake went through. During the Palliser Expedition, which came through the area in 1859 to survey and map out the Canadian West, the lake was given the name of Swan Lake, likely in reference to the many swans that were found in the area as part of their migration. When the first French-speaking immigrants from Quebec began to arrive in 1898, they did not call the lake Swan Lake, but instead chose the name Snake Lake. The name was given to the lake thanks to the many garter snakes that were found in the area. There are a few mentions in the Edmonton Bulletin of Snake Lake. On July 27, 1899, it was announced that Dr. Donovan, H.M. Cherry, and the Panrucker brothers were spending a holiday at Snake Lake camping. At some point, the name would become Methy Lake, but it is not known where that name originated from. Finally, in 1903, the name Sylvan Lake was applied to the community, coming from the Latin word Sylvanus, which means of a forest. The community would grow very slowly due to its remoteness from that point. Estonian and Finnish settlers would move to the area of Sylvan Lake in the early 1900s, and they would help to create the early businesses for the community. Before long, there was a general store, a blacksmith, a hardware store, post office, barber, and several restaurants. During these early years, the community received tourists, even though the railroad had not arrived, as families came out to enjoy the lake. For residents in Red Deer, Sylvan Lake was a summer resort, but people came from as far away as Edmonton and Calgary. In 1905, Alexander Lasalle built the Sylvan Lake Hotel using lumber from his mill. This 16-room hotel would accommodate the growing number of tourists coming to the community. Eventually, a post office and store were added to the building, and LaSalle would sell the hotel and then build another hotel to compete with his original hotel, called the Alexander Hotel. He eventually brought back his original hotel and then sold it again in 1915 to James Hazelwood, who renamed it the Hazelwood Hotel. The Calgary Brewery and Malting Company then bought the hotel and ran it until a fire destroyed the building in 1925. To get back up and running, the company bought the Alamo Hotel, located in Suffield near Medicine Hat. They would have the entire hotel building moved from that location using 16 horse teams that moved along the highway using heavy rollers for 475 kilometers. The hotel would finally arrive at its resting place in Sylvan Lake in 1928, where a tourist stole its square flush toilet soon after for some reason. The new Sylvan Lake Hotel was originally opened by Conservative Party leader R.B. Bennett, two years before he became the Prime Minister of Canada. This hotel would continue to operate for many years, but eventually it fell into disrepair and gained a rough reputation thanks to its dingy rooms, party atmosphere, and drunken revelers. Then, on January 29, 2002, the hotel was reduced to rubble and hauled away to make room for an 80-room resort and convention center that was never built. On the spot where the hotel once sat, there's now a parking lot. The same year that the original Sylvan Lake Hotel was built, the Archambault brothers began to build the Chateau de la Mort, or the Castle of Love. Using a plank raft to transport stones taken from the beach, the brothers would drag rocks to the location of the construction site using deer hide. Raymond Archibald built the castle for his bride, Eugenie, as she was homesick and it was a way for her to remember her family home in southern France. They had left France after their marriage due to their families being unhappy over the Union. Raymond would start the town's first newspaper in 1913 as well, and the couple would live in the little castle along the lake for three years until he took a job in Montreal where he would pass away in 1918, 
while Eugenie would go back to France. The building stands to this day and has stood empty from time to time, but it's now a popular place for photos, especially wedding photos. The first regatta would be held in 1907, with a picnic and swimming competition. To accommodate the event, a dancing pavilion was built that same year. By 1913, it had grown into an official regatta hosted by the Board of Trade. That year, it was a two-day event that included boat races, swim races, canoe races, tennis matches, a banquet, and dance. The Red Deer Advocate would report, quote, The Sylvan Lake Regatta on Saturday came off in splendid style, there being a large turnout from the countryside and from the city, despite the threatening weather of the later day, end quote. In the community, the hotels and several houses were decorated for the regatta, and an evergreen arch with welcome on it was made for visitors. I'd like to take a break away from the episode for a second to talk about ExploreNet. I spent most of my life living in rural areas in Canada, and I remember the days of dial-up internet and spotty high-speed service. For the past three years, I have been a customer of ExploreNet, and I can honestly say that it is the best rural internet I have ever had. My job as a podcaster means I spend a lot of time researching online, interviewing people over Zoom, and uploading content. Through it all, ExploreNet has provided me with excellent service. When I'm not working, I enjoy streaming content on several streaming platforms, and even doing some online gaming with a friend in Ontario. ExploreNet allows me to do all of that with ease. Right now, they offer up to 50 megabits per second on their new LTE network with unlimited data. Their service has only become faster and better since I first signed on. Today and beyond, ExploreNet is investing in building and upgrading the network at a rapid pace. ExploreNet is rural, and that is their route, and that is their focus. For more information about rural internet options in your area, go to ExploreNet.com or call 1-866-285-2253. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's peanut butter cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. The future would change for Sylvan Lake when the Canadian Northern Railway built a line to Rocky Mountain House in Nordegg in 1912, followed by a line built by the Canadian Pacific Railway in 1914, both of which went through the community. The Calgary Herald would report, quote, The CNR resumed the laying of steel in the Brazo line at the point near Red Deer on Saturday and will reach Sylvan Lake probably on Tuesday, end quote. With these railways, the community exploded in size. On December 30, 1912, it officially became a village with E.S. Grissom, the owner of the hardware store, serving as the first mayor of the community. In honor of Sylvan Lake's first year as a village, 1913, every year the community now celebrates 1913 days in the summer. 
It was also in 1913 that the first boat launch was created and tourists would pay to have tours of the lake. In 1914, the annual regatta would stop only one year after it had started due to the First World War, and it would not return until 1920. A nine-hole golf course was constructed to coincide with the return of the regatta as well as baseball diamonds, and the Red Deer Advocate would report, quote, Owners of motorboats and motor launches are testing out their engines for the big events and the lakeshore is one busy scene of bustle and energy. Swings, diving boards, toboggan slides and docks are now completed and should add to the list of enjoyments. End quote. The 1920 regatta would prove to be a huge success and all the contests were keenly contested according to the newspapers. The Red Deer Band and Orchestra was also on hand to provide music for the regatta and it was estimated that about 3,000 people came out for the regatta, as well as the other sporting events held through the weekend. A special train was even run from Red Deer through the weekend to bring in the huge crowds looking for a return to the annual regatta. The biggest industry in the area around this time was farming, thanks to the land that was fertile and provided large harvests for the homesteaders in the area. Due to the growth of agriculture in the area, an Alberta Pacific Grain Company elevator was built along the CPR line in 1923, so that the local farmers did not have to travel to Red Deer to ship their crops. Before long, more elevators were built in the community. In the early 1920s, the first water slide into the lake was built close to the boathouse of Joe McCluskey. The water slide was incredibly popular and one of the first of its kind in all of Alberta. The slide was 16 feet in length and made of wood with iron sheeting used on the chute. In order to slide down without burning yourself on the sheet metal warming in the sun, participants would pour water down the slide. In the late 1940s, that slide became dilapidated and was destroyed. It would not be until 1982 that the Wild Rapids water slide opened, becoming the second largest water park in Alberta after the World Water Park in Edmonton. This water slide park would continue to operate until 2016 when it was shut down and demolished. In 1938, a terrible fire would burn through Sylvan Lake when six businesses were destroyed. It was believed that defective wiring had caused the fire and the village would order that all wirings, electrical installations and fusings in the village be inspected. Firefighters would work hard to save several buildings and were successful in saving the Wilkinson building. Lost in the fire though was the Cobb Block, the meat market, an insurance office, a photo studio, a store, a shoe shop and a pharmacy. A water truck and crew of firefighters also came from Red Deer to help fight the fire and thankfully there was only a light breeze which prevented the fire from spreading. In all, the fire cost $30,000 in damages, or about $600,000 today. In 1930, the annual regatta was still going strong, and by this point, it was now becoming national news. The event would continue through the Great Depression and the Second World War, but then it would be shut down again in 1950. It would come back in 1960 and was then halted in 1962 after three years of bad weather. In 1975, the Chamber of Commerce wanted to resurrect the symbol of those regattas, the Mermaid of the Lake. Soon after the town of Sylvan Lake adopted the mermaid as a symbol of the town and a mermaid statue was built on the corner of 50th Avenue and Centennial Street. When the CIBC building was enlarged, the mermaid statue was unfortunately destroyed. In 1990, a new mermaid statue was constructed and put at the foyer of the Sylvan Lake town office. It would eventually have a shirt put on it after someone complained that it was nude. Today, that mermaid statue is at the Sylvan Lake and District Archives without the shirt. The current life-sized mermaid in a baby fountain called Birth was unveiled at the 1913 Day Celebrations in 2000 and continues to sit at its current location to this very day. In 1988, the Sylvan Lake Tourism Action Community and the local Caruthers family came together to give the community a unique landmark. 
The family donated the land, and through grants and private donations, the Sylvan Lake Lighthouse, one of the few lighthouses between the Pacific Coast and the Great Lakes, was built. Sadly, the structure fell into disrepair by 2011 and was demolished. The community found it missed the structure, and with duplicate blueprints made, a funding drive was held. By 2016, construction on the new lighthouse was complete. On July 1, 2016, a ribbon-cutting ceremony was held to welcome the latest version of the lighthouse to the community, where it continues to stand to this very day, and it's become quite the tourist attraction. In 2014, Sylvan Lake won the nationwide Craft Hockeyville Contest, which included a cash prize to upgrade the community's hockey rink, as well, the Calgary Flames and Arizona Coyotes would play a preseason game in the community, which would be broadcast by the CBC. Sylvan Lake defeated 15 other communities to claim the $100,000 grand prize. For eight years, Craft Hockeyville has inspired thousands of communities across Canada. An incredible 532 communities participated in the competition this year. Not surprising since it's a matter of great community pride and there's over $1 million in prizes available. Clearly, great things happen when a community focuses its passion on an effort as exciting as Craft Hockeyville. And so we are down to just two communities, Sylvan Lake, Alberta and Kingston, Nova Scotia. In the final stage of voting, these two communities combined for over 5 million votes in just two days. Each of these communities is guaranteed $100,000 in arena upgrades. But who gets the NHL preseason game and the title of Kraft Hockeyville 2014? The winner of Kraft Hockeyville 2014 is Sylvan Lake, Alberta. Congratulations. Ladies and gentlemen, from Hockey Night in Canada, the legendary Ron McLean and Don Cherry. Just coming from the Maxwell House sign, I noticed. All right, isn't this great? Packed house here, 5,000 outside, I'll tell you. Sylvan Lake, you should be proud. Kraft, what a beautiful building, and a congratulations on winning, right? Yeah, absolutely, Grapes. It's a thrill for all of us, you know. My buddy Neil Walls is a goal judge down at one end, Don. We used to play table hockey till our eyes and hands bled. We loved that table hockey so much. And for me to be broadcasting and him to be goal judging here with you in Sylvan Lake. That's true. It is unbelievable to us. If you'd like to learn more about Sylvan Lake or see some of its historic buildings, you can take part in the historical walking tour. Guides are available online at the tourist booth and at the town office. And you can spend a nice sunny day exploring the community and its history before venturing out on the lake for a day on the waves. I hope you enjoyed that episode and my look at Sylvan Lake, Alberta. If you did, please leave a rating and review. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D, and I'm on Instagram at Bairdo37. As well, again, if you want to support the podcast, you can for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash canadaehx. And you can donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking Donate. I'd also like to thank all of my wonderful patrons, and I apologize if I get any names incorrect. Vobs, Robert Page, Richard D., 
Colin Johnson, Katie Caldwell, Jeff Hershey, Kyle Murray, Steve Pakin, Matthew Gartho, Lionel Romaine, Dr. Bob Turner, an anonymous patron that I truly do appreciate, Randy Hayden, Doug Campbell, Reg W., Deborah Carlson, Francis Helbling, Nick Zinri, Shannon Marshall, Clinton Martinez, Dimitri Chauve, Aaron O'Hara Myers, Robert Dunseith, Todd Casey, Catherine Rawa, Luke S., J.P. Bear, Jason Hall, Phil Maynard, and Iris Gray. Thanks, and we'll see you again next time.